When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hmm. That's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'll say this. It's, it's less, I, I figured this out. And you parents out there of a certain age will, will be able to, you know, recognize this, maybe even empathize with this. It's not so much the age as the grade. And I am for certain that seventh grade is the worst of all the grades. If your kid's in seventh grade, it's not a good time. It's just, it's not a good, (laughs) it's not good. Seventh grade, all kids in seventh, if you're in seventh grade listening to me right now, you're an idiot. I just want you to know that. If If you're in seventh grade, you're an idiot. All of them, all seventh graders. Nonsense. They're... They're old enough to have very distinct personalities and think they know things, but they don't know anything, and they're sure of it. They're sure of all these things they think they know that they don't, and it's unreal. And it's very, very difficult to remain patient. I find it trying, very trying to just nod my head when he's saying something asinine, and I'm just going, hmm. Okay, well, great. Good use of your time. That's a great use of your time, son. Or when you just kind of have, in your head, you know, you're thinking it's like, okay, look, he's in seventh grade. Let him get let him get through it. It'll be all right. I try to do that. But at least once a week, your patience is tried in a way that is extremely pressing. It's, 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 it's a true test of this newfound patience that you uh, glorify, exemplifiers, talk about, right? That's me all the time. And I know my mom told me I was nonsense in seventh grade. So I, and she kept saying, wait till your kids are in seventh grade. Your parents end up being right about a lot of stuff. They end up being right about a lot of stuff. And I know that's inevitable that you find this out, but it is, it is truly trying and frustrating. And anyhow, Happy birthday, Clark. <laughs> He's a great kid. He just happened to have been in seventh grade. So next year, we're good. Eighth grade, I had no problems in eighth grade. Kids seem to come around the corner doing things a little bit differently when you get to eighth grade. Happy birthday, you idiot. <laughs> there it is. Whew. Man, I, it is hard to imagine, though. That, I think what's even more hard to imagine, and I'll move on from this, What's more hard to imagine is that uh, one will be driving very shortly, 
uh, already has its learner's permit and will be out on the road. Uh, so look out Tallahassee. And then secondly, uh, you know, now this one's that much closer. That, 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 that worries me more, this idea of my kids driving around. I like it. I'm tired of being a taxi. It's going to be great. Oh, you want to go to the store? Get your ass in the car and go. I don't have to take you clear across town for nothing. Yeah, next year for football practice, no problem take for you. Take your ass to football practice. That's right. That's what you do. It's not 5 o'clock golf. It's 3 o'clock golf. It's whenever the hell I want. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's where we're at. Hey, you know, we got good news today, guys. I'll share this with you without getting into too many of the details. I don't want to blow it. I don't want to ruin anything. But it has to do with Florida State football. And Tom and I and the whole War Chant crew, we're really about to do some good things uh, for this first game of the season against LSU. And I am pumped about this. Um, a lot of people obviously are. That game uh, is of vital importance. But the stuff that we do around it, Tom, you know, I, I said this to Gene this morning, to Doc Combs, to Gene Williams this morning. I said, you know, he was talking about some of the opportunities we have in Orlando. And some of it involves you and me doing pregame show and all that kind of stuff that we always do anyhow. And I don't know anything about this oh, yet because yeah, he stuff. sent a text that said, hey, I got some details for you. But I knew that you were about to call him. Yeah. You might have alluded to some of the paperwork. Paperwork. <laughs> Lots of paperwork. So I've done I've, a ton of paperwork this I figured week. I'd spare him while you guys were talking paperwork. Yeah, so, you know, I uh, I had a conversation with him, and it was mostly good news after I got past all the paperwork. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, hey, look, by the way, we have some great opportunities to do what we do, which is, in my case, broadcast, do the, do the radio show. In the case of War Chant, in general, bring the best FSU coverage uh, that we can bring you. And, and I think because that's such an important game, I really was interested to see what, what it was we were going to be doing and how it was going to be done. I've been very fortunate to have a job that uh, doesn't feel an awful lot like work for 25 years, and it's remarkable. I mean, it's, I've, this has been my career, obviously. And so there aren't too many things that we do that, uh, I don't know, uh, move me in any way. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, we've been able to broadcast from the Rose Bowl. We've, you know, you and I went down and covered the Stanley Cup Finals together. We We've done some pretty heavy things, obviously, and really cool things in this in this field. Chicago was a really good, oh, you know, buddy, broadcasting of, from downtown Chicago. That was cool in those studios. No, that was fun. It was snowing as we went in, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah. No, we've done a lot of cool things, and uh, yeah, I, I did a show back way back when I was at the old station, live from Denver, uh, right there in their big studios where they host all their shows, and that was fun. And you know, I've had those chances, Colorado, others, but. Um, Really what it is for me when we go on site, whenever we're on location for a game, doesn't matter if it's a bowl game or whatever it is, in this case a big road game, all I really want is for us to be immersed in uh, an area of the city, around the stadium, wherever, maybe in the stadium, maybe just outside, whatever it is, where you feel the energy, where it really allows you to kind of soak it all in, because I think we do our best broadcasts and best shows when we're of it, when you're in it, when you're part of it. Because deep down, we are just gigantic fans. And so I want to feel that same energy that you get going into a stadium before a big game, like we had against LSU last year in New Orleans. Yeah, I think another example of a show on site, this is years and years ago, is mostly you and Matt let me come on for a segment, but it was before the South Carolina Bowl game in that Atlanta bar. Remember that, you know, it was two or three-story bar, Guys were on the second deck. I think it was called Stats, if I recall correctly. 
but that was for the Peach Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you could feel it because it was a null bar. It yeah. was just it was a cool null bar. There yeah. might be a South Carolina fan or two, but that was dedicated. I think it was owned by a null at the time. Yeah. But at any rate, going there, doing a segment and feeling it, it was different than doing, say, we did a pregame show from the stadium in Charlotte before anybody was allowed in the stadium in 2010. It's just when you're around the people. That was a weird experience because the, of uh, Matt Millen. The Matt Millen experience. Mm. Yeah. It was also Krispy Kreme Donuts Day. So that was that, a great day. Yeah. It's also the day that uh, I peed next to Sean McDonough. <laughs> and he is three feet tall. <laughs> he and Matt Millen were. It is the most bizarre thing <laughs> in the world. It's like Arnold, Danny DeVito, and twins. It truly is. I went in to pee in the stadium during a commercial break. Sean McDonough was at the stall next to me. And I thought, he is not even as tall as the stall. He's not even as and This is crazy. People could just pee on him. <laughs> it was I don't know why that's become a theme of late. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, that was a fun year. Yeah, no. When you're engaged, when you're surrounded by, um, you know, fans, Florida State fans in particular, and just and it's a big moment, it gives you the juice, man, to be locked in and have a lot of fun with these broadcasts. Um, and I love it. I love it. Uh, Christopher, thanks for the contribution. He San writes, Diego, Chris. Yeah. He writes, we're concerned about two losses, correct? Don't you think a muffled punt and a missed field goal could create both those losses? If you fumble a punt on the one, you'll lose tight games. Just ask LSU. Yeah, Christopher, and it's good to see you again. Whoa. And thanks so much. Appreciate you. I look forward to his visit every year. When he comes to town, always very giving. Christopher. Uh, but uh, that's not why I look forward to it. It's just nice to talk with him, and he's on the other coast. There is a – actually, there's a little aside here that I'll do while you're taking a sip, which is, uh, hey, Christopher, please send the address to your domicile in California. He is owed, because of Padres and Mets, some Tallahassee beer mm. that I'll put together. But there's I wanted to do ones. that for the opening or the eve of college football. I just yeah, want that to yeah. be like a happy season starter kind of a thing. But since we lost, his team won. Send that address. Thank you, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, listen, you could lose two games easily um, and, and and without, you know, uh, a muffed punt or a missed field goal or whatever it might be. I mean, you could just get thoroughly outplayed by a really talented team like LSU, and we'll see what Clemson is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a situation where, um, you know, anytime you play Clemson on the road, and they do have talent, uh, they're certainly not devoid of that. They've recruited well over the years. Uh, that's you could easily lose that game. Lord knows we've done a lot of that against that particular program uh, over the last ten years. That's that's enough. I've I've finally reached my point of uh, okay now. Well, I mean this is ridiculous. They're within striking distance of a platinum Bohica, buddy. It cannot stand, man. This aggression. It cannot across this line. I mean, good God. When you say it like that, when you put it out there like that, it's hurtful. As somebody who has done this job for a very long time, I understand we play the results a lot when we have criticisms of coaches and players and all of those things. And so typically I'm fairly level-headed and patient. Maybe I wasn't in my younger years on the air. I certainly am now. But at some point. At some point, it crosses into the irrational anger stage. I don't know what number 
of consecutive losses it is for you. It's different for everybody. Your ability to put up with things you don't like grows as you get older and you learn to balance all the good and the bad in your life. So you're like, oh, this sucks, but I got a lot of good things so I can handle this part that sucks. You can't do that early. When you're 20 years old and you lose on a Saturday, it consumes you. It's that way until you play again. It's six straight days of hell. Like, you're mad about it on Thursday of that week. Really mad. Like, legitimately angry. It just takes anything to touch to touch off that anger, right? It's not that way. When you, you know, you're married, you got kids, you've got a life, you've lived, you've seen great conquests, you've seen terrible losses and everything in between, you're a little bit better. But I think somewhere around four, after four, if you lose four straight times to any one opponent, obviously a rival, it goes even further, but... Four straight, that's you, that fifth loss, that hits a little different. That fifth straight loss is sort of, God, dog it. Yeah, I, I think I'm a 3-4. Three, three has my full attention. Because you can get, yeah, it could be a fluky situation, bad weather, lots of turnovers that put two together. Three is, that's outside the boundaries of outliers. That's there, It's something beyond luck if you lose three in a row. They most assuredly are better than you. That is me looking around the rental car agency in line, waiting for the car. To, <laughs> yes, I'm looking for a kiosk because I have an appointment. Yeah, I and it's go. right there. Yeah, just hand me the gosh darn key. Yeah, and then four is meltdown mode. That's when you get short with the person. That's when you get a little short. <laughs> looking to rent a car today? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah now you're yeah. pissed. Yeah, now you're straight up yeah. like, man, I've been sitting here an hour. This is the confirmation number. You know I'm here. I got pinged when I walked in. Just let's skip this process. I had to give blood this week, Tom. To who? To, uh, not to anybody. Oh, I just yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to give the blood there. So you go by the, uh, you go by the center and you get, and you give the blood there. So I did it uh, for an upcoming doctor's appointment. Mm. Get the annual physical every birthday. So you know, I had to make sure, yeah. make sure I get this, get, give the blood. I'm peeking around the corner at a colonoscopy. Mm, you are well worse than a colonoscopy, annual. Exams. Yep. Oh, great. Didn't even think about that. <laughs> 36, a lot of processed foods. Yeah. Probably need to get on that. At about 40, buddy, it becomes every physical. There's the, okay. And you and the doctor are Kermit. Yeah, it's just you and him. Just that nod towards the end of the examination. They're like, well. I've got my assistant here today. No, you don't. No. Out of the room. Yeah, no, it's it's, between me and Doc. There it is right there, Christian Bale and Kermit. We're both just looking at each other. That's me and the doctor. Like, You've checked my knees. You've checked my shoulders. We've had a conversation about uh, exercise and Listen, Doc, you know, all my markers. Future years, I just want to know what makes this less awkward. Should I just walk in with my pants down? Yeah, does that make it easier for you? I made him laugh the last time. I was just like, well. I know what time it is, and I stood up. <laughs> he was like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to happen. Anyhow, so I gave blood this week. This is why I bring it up. Another patient's testing moment. When you go to LabCorp, it could be a test. Test of patience with people, a process. Mm. Your name getting called in a timely fashion, hopefully. And 
bravo to this particular woman in this lab core that I went to. They were great. I walked in. There were 15 people. I thought, this is going to be half my day. I'm going to be in here half my day. And I, I, I hate it. And then it ended up um, it ended up being great. It ended up being a thing where uh, within 20 minutes, I was in, out, blood given. And by the way, I've gotten good at giving blood, too. It doesn't bother me in the least. In the least. Yeah. I still got to hang up about that, but I had enough shots, you know, needles in my life mm. that that's not a big deal. But the blood draw, for some reason, it's the turning over of the forearm and that process. That's just, it's, um, it calls attention to itself. You feel the vacuum effect in your own head. You're like, got to be steely here. And then it's never bad, it's never but it's just bad. that process. You're never just, bad. Ah. Hey, what, I had a spinal tap done years ago. What? Yeah, if you have a spinal tap done, buddy, uh, you can really handle any kind of blood giving or shot taking, any of that. Once you've had that, you know, and this was a long time ago, and, uh, and, and it was even more kind of a crude process back in the day. They might as well have just walked in with like a spear. <laughs> and it, was, it was brutal. You're like, oh, man, they even told you. They're like, well, this is going to suck. I mean, I remember the first time I broke my arm, I got to give this doctor credit. Uh, I, I broke it the first time I broke it in two places and I was, uh, 12, 13, something like that. And we go in, how'd you do it? Uh, playing pickup football. We were, I, I, this, oh. this kid and I were, uh, he was a really good player and I did not, it was, I was the best player on our team. He was the best player on the other team. And we would have wars at Lake Vista in St. Petersburg, Florida, right off of 54th or whatever, ninth. And, uh, I, I love that place. And we used to play every Sunday, I think it was, or Saturday. And we'd have. Big games, big games. They were awesome games. And he got behind me on a deep ball, and I was like, no chance. I, I did not want him to score because we were going tit for tat, back and forth, back and forth. And I jumped probably as high as I've ever jumped and just got the tip of my finger on it to disrupt it. So I made play, Tom. But I got kind of sideways in my effort, and I came down, and my dumbass tried to brace myself with my arm. I learned never to do that. It's a very valuable lesson. Fall on your shoulder. Don't put your, don't put your arm down like that. There's no reason. And uh, pop it up. I heard it. I knew. Got up, I could touch this part of my arm to this part of my arm. That, oh, that ain't good. Man. That ain't good. So uh, as soon as it happened. I think the director just puked. Uh, as soon as it happened, I got up, and the guy that I was covering that I was trying to keep from uh, catching the football looked at me, and he goes, oh, man. And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, this is not good. I was like, oh, no, 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 it's not good. And I knew it was broken. It was before the pain had set in. Yep. I just looked at my arm. I'm There's like, oh, that moment. Yeah, oh, yeah, here's a moment. And we went over to the center where the lady was. And we're banging on the door, and she's like, we're closed. You can't come in. I'm like, I broke my arm. I'm pointing at my arm, getting pissed. She, and she looks at my arm and is like, oh, okay, I'm calling an ambulance. And they got me. So I went. Anyhow, long story short, when I got to the doctors, after they did all the uh, x-rays, he's like, we got to set it. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I held my stepdad's hand. I'll never forget. I looked over at him and. That is the strength of a parent is mm. never more apparent mm -hmm. than when you're going through something that is going to be excruciating and they hold your hand mm. because the abuse that they can take. Oh, squeeze, man. I oh, that's yeah. All I've got to draw on is my master and commander procedure that happened on my foot with the uh, the blisters. Mm. There's no local anesthetic, just scissors on feet. Ah! Yep. Scissors on feet. Imagine. Every time I mean, I, it's like the Civil War. I know. Every time I read something about the Civil War or see a movie or a documentary or anything, I just, I'm always riveted by the idea 
that these poor people had to have limbs sawed off mm. and you're just drinking Jack <laughs> or whiskey and of some like kind. Yeah. Some sick bastard who's a doctor is like, I've gotten pretty good at this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they call me Three Saw Jimmy. You're biting down two, on three. a belt. You're yeah. like, oh, oh, man. You don't want Ronald over there. No. It takes him six. Hey, he's jagged. Oh, I messed up. <laughs> I got to start over. Sorry about this. Yeah. We're off to a libations Friday start, aren't we? Jeff Caver Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply welcome back to the jeff cameron show sponsored by legendary home loans a mortgage experience designed around speed simplicity and customer service before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, Libations Friday edition. Good to be with you. So, in the span of uh, the last few years, I, I saw where um, another, I think it was CBS, give credit where credit's due, they were discussing the transfer portal, and uh, they mentioned that um, I think the disparity between what Florida State has done in the transfer portal and what Clemson has done. Clemson has had two transfer portal players over the last few seasons. We've had 14. Um, well, we've had more than 14. I think it's like annually, it's like 14, 10, 12. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. a, a ton. It's a ton is the whole point. Wouldn't shock me if it was 35 or 40. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. In total, yeah. I'm, I'm saying each year it was around averaging like 12 to 14 or whatever it was. And, um, 
you know, there's a couple ways to look at that. First of all, if you're an established program who's had success year over year for the better part of 10 years, uh, you don't have to hit the portal as much because you have quality depth. Clemson has been one of the preeminent programs in college football, unfortunately, for the better part of said decade, uh, has absolutely quality depth and not a need or not as big a need as other programs that are in the process or were in the process of being flipped. Florida State was in dire straits. This was a roster largely devoid of elite talent. Uh, when Mike walked in, he had to recognize that we were uh, a long ways away athletically from competing with the better teams on our schedule, most notably Clemson. And that was really frustrating, I'm sure, for him, but also for all of us. I remember many a day going out to practice and thinking to myself, as somebody who's been going to practices off and on in a variety of ways in covering Florida State since 1998 and going to games since long before that, but covering in the media since 1998, I remember thinking this is way worse than even the lost decade when it comes to trying to find players that are of Florida State's caliber on this roster, meaning the tradition of and the elite level. Like, you would go out there and you'd see guys that you thought, I mean, these are guys that would have been with me at Etsu. These are guys that have no business being at Florida State. This is not big-time college football. These guys are not. And I'm not naming names. I'm just saying you'd look around and go, nope, nope, nope. And it became all the more apparent, and it was glaringly obvious and painful, the second you saw Jermaine Johnson. Because I remember that day saying to you, well, there it is. That's what it's supposed to look like. And he's the only one out here that looks like that. Only one. There's nobody else out here that looks like that. Now there are lots of guys on this roster that look like that. Yeah, agreed. And now that Keon Coleman is another member of the wide receiver core, at any given time, you're going to have multiple NFL bodies on the field on offense. On defense, defensive interior-wise, yep, check that box. Jared Verse at end, yes. Patrick Payton down the line, I think. Yes. Then in linebacker in the secondary, you go, all right, I see some maybes. I really like the class of defensive back that we're bringing in now. Quindarius Jones and K.J. Kirkland are two names that we got very familiar with in spring camp. That's correct. They look the part. They do look the part. They look like the next breed. And that's the thing also where I'm excited to see Rawls and Conrad Hussey come in for fall camp because apparently Conrad Hussey is the best safety that we recruited this class. Most highly regarded safety. Closest to being able to be an immediate contributor. If that's true, and we've already seen what Quindarius and KJ can be, well then, sir, I mean, they're flipping that side of the ball as well. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that the heavy reliance on portal players is um... – is slowly going to wane significantly uh, here, but they will always utilize it more aggressively than those that are sort of antiquated in their way of thinking about the transfer portal. I think Clemson is. I think Clemson has been largely antiquated in the way that they view the portal. Uh, Dabo's holding on uh, to some uh, bygone era uh, of college football. He frequently reveals that uh, with every word that he speaks, uh, which is good for us. I like to see people slow to adopt to change. I love when guys get behind uh, because they're hell-bent on staying steadfast to a way of doing things that has um, you know, been passed by. I, I like that. Now, good, good. Continue to be antiquated. Continue. Uh, you'll get lapped. 
I got to say that the group that I'm most excited to see, maybe not this year, but next, is from the uh, professional perspective, that offensive line. I think next year you can put an ink, provided that they're here on campus and there's no shenanigans in the portal. <laughs> right. Julian Armella and Lucas Simmons together on the offensive line. Those are two absolute NFL products. Funny part is, I don't know that they're top five options this season, but if you're just looking at it from pro potential, those two guys probably have the most pro potential. I mean, Jeremiah Byers would be in that discussion. Maybe Casey Roddick if he can learn to sure, snap the ball. Sure. <laughs> but you've got you've got guys that are going to play on Sundays in your two deep, and they're probably not even starting. I think Robert Scott's going to be drafted. I don't know that he's got a long NFL career in front of him. And ditto for some of those other guys who are going to be on the line. Like, bless Harris, maybe. I don't know about that size that it translates to the next level. He's great for us, yeah. but I don't know that that will go. Same thing with Meech. Big Meech is awesome, but is Big Meech a, a starter on a Sunday for one of 32 teams? Right, I right. don't know. Yeah. So the fun part is we are cultivating more and more NFL guys at the skill positions. The trenches now I think are only going to get better for us on the offensive line as time goes on, and you'll see that maybe – in the 2025 NFL draft, the 2026 NFL draft, that we're going to have offensive linemen taken in the top 40, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, um, I'm i looking forward to the next two to three drafts. Uh, I think we've got a lot, and hopefully beyond that. Next but, year's littered I with I mean, dudes. it's going to be a ton of Knowles going next year. It's the antithesis of what we just watched this in this last draft. That was, and that's hard to take. But it's always a great indicator of where your program's at. I really believe that. I, it, when you got one guy getting drafted and it's in the fifth round, it tells you there's a reason why you weren't any good until last year. Uh, for the previous five, you weren't good. Yeah, well, exactly. We don't have <laughs> we don't have elite-level talent. Yeah, I think if Keon is a one-and-done, he's got two years to play, but if he goes off this season and uh, he decides to ride, you're looking at six players on offense that are going to get drafted, maybe seven. Because you've got Jordan's going to get drafted. I, I don't think it'll be early, but no, he's going to get drafted. He'll get drafted, yeah. Johnny and Trey and Keon and Jaheim Bell and Byers, maybe Meech, maybe Roddick. Not sure. Robert Scott probably. Okay, maybe it's seven then. Maybe yeah. it's seven yeah. or eight, just from the offensive side. And we know that Jared Verse is going to and Fabian Lovett. And if Daryl Jackson does what he's supposed to do, I mean, good Lord, sir. Yeah, it's going to be a fun draft, and that's what you're hoping to build upon and see year year in over in. You, you want to get to that place where you're like, yeah, I mean, no, you, you're not going to churn eight nine guys out to the you know pros every year, but you got to be in a position to have a handful almost every year if you're an elite program. You know, Alabama does that every year, Georgia does that every year, Ohio State does that every year. We we ought to get back to that place. Jeff Cameron Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. 
And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning and I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Great song, great album. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I, I just want to give you a quick, uh, uh, well, I just want to give a quick shout out, even though we're going to do it officially at the top of the next hour. I want to thank uh, and, and, and really uh, let everybody know we're, we're happy to be joined uh, as partners with the Zaxby's. They've come on board with the Jeff Cameron Show, and I just want to welcome them in. Excited to have him. It's going to be fun. It was really cool to uh, be introduced to that function when we had the pregame show two years ago. It was always in the morning, right? It was always yeah. 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. But they were ready to go, and they were feeding us, and it was a great way to start the day with that smell in the studio. I'd have, so. like, 40 of those fingers and think to myself, I can't eat the rest of the day. What am I doing? What am I doing? The torchy sauce is so good. But then from there, it just became kind of a, a thing, and now we're all working together. It's pretty cool. Billy Ho out here crying uh, yesterday. Did you see that? Billy Horschel wept yesterday, guys, after shooting an 84. A couple things stand out to me about that. Uh, how good are pros? Like, that is as dreadful a day as any pro can have to the point where they cry after shooting an 84. Like, he can't shoot any worse. Right. And it's an 84. On a brutally difficult golf course yeah. where the lead was at four under par. Yeah. 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 84, and he said something technical, which made me laugh because he goes, my cut's just not doing what I wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, there are more important things to be weeping over. Well, yeah. I just can't get it to cut, man. Yeah, the frustration's got to be overwhelming. I don't. I mean, it's cutting, but it's not doing what it should. It's not cutting the way it's supposed to cut. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, I've been frustrated before in a lot of realms. Very frustrated. It takes a lot to make you cry, though. Usually that's like loss. I don't know where that pull hook came from. <laughs> Usually it's like a like personal loss. You know, a family member passes, a dear friend, something like that. Your kid accomplishes something amazing. You can have happy tears, things like that. Yeah. Golf's never made me cry. It's not my profession. It's not my profession, but, I mean, come on, man. It's one thing if you're out there on a heavy heart. We've seen golfers oh, trying to play through something. Tiger after his dad passed. Oh, well, I remember one year 
uh, was it Jason Day? It was uh, somebody wept after winning, um, and I just remember as he was talking, he revealed why it was something to do with his sister, I think. And I was like, oh man, okay, this is this is tough. Those kinds of moments, I'm not making fun of anybody, of yeah. course, but yeah. come on, man, it just wouldn't cut. It's not cutting. It's just not cut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm fighting it pretty good, but. <laughs> Get it together, man. Get it together. That's tough. It's frustrating. Got it. Get angry. If you're uh hey, you could be despondent, but oh, you can, no need for Yeah, weeping. you can get up there and be like, you know, I, I haven't been able to practice the way that I want to. I'm going through some things. I've got, you know, da 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 and then you get a little choked up talking about it. You'd be like, all right, you it's not cutting. <laughs> Uh, Woo! Just not cutting. Hey, Jeffrey Johnson, I don't know what we did. I don't even see a comment. Woo! But uh, there you go. I love it. Thanks for your help. Uh, closer we get, the more excited I get about the 2023 season. We have a lot of stuff cooking with recruits to land us in the top three, maybe five class of 2023. Shout out to the ladies softball team. Absolutely. I, I mentioned that's not true, guys, in the chat. I opened with softball dominating. Get it together. It was the lead. It was the first thing I said. Mark, it was. You're wrong. I talked about learning a lot. I talked about this being a weird week for me. And then I was like, how about the Knowles? No problem last night. I, I wasn't was, worried about it last night. I was right night. about oh, it. That's what you brought I, up. And I, I said was right. I was right about it is what I said. That's yep. what I said. There's no need to break down an eight to nothing ass kicking. There's nothing to break down. It's self-evident. They pitched well. They hit well. There you go. That's a wrap. Eight to nothing. It was easy. They kicked their ass. That's all there is to say. By the way, I don't get all that excited when the program is at this level because they've consistently been elite. So when they win a game while they're out there, I'm not falling all over myself. I'm ready for them to go back after another national championship. So as it happens, that's great. That's great. We will start to talk about it the closer that happens. Utah with a one to nothing lead over Washington in the second. That's for whoever has the right to Correct. play us. Who, who's about to get their ass kicked by us is what that is. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Boom. We weather permitting, of course. So that's it. Yeah, they dominated. And um, I did. I don't know why, other than my belief in Sandercock. Um, Which has changed. Uh, again, her, her numbers against Oklahoma State when they went to Stillwater yeah. in March, seven runs allowed in eight innings. Yesterday, a completely different story. There were some, some issues. Some jams to get out of, but she got out of them. A couple of them were defensive issues. Uh, we had an issue third base. Yeah, but she pitched around him. No, I it saw it was you. never. It never looked like it did in March when she had big time issues at Oklahoma State. Yeah, and I, I'm just telling you, like I don't know why. There's something about her besides her unique skill set and and talent that's obvious. But the last three times that I've watched her pitch, you just you sense that there she knows. When, when you've got a great player who's feeling it, who's locked in, yeah. it could be a release point, it could be whatever it is, and they know it, and they have the confidence and the successes previous, 
I love, I mean, you ride that all day long in terms of like if you're going to bet on a team or bet on a player or bet or whatever. You know, you can, you can emotionally investing in this team with her on the mound is an easy deal. I'm not saying she's, she can't be beat. I'm just saying when she's right, she is well, a dominant player. And she also understands that this is a moment. This is the most consequential moment of her playing career. You know, there is professional softball, but it doesn't have eyeballs on sets and crowds like the College World yeah, Series does. Yeah. Like, you know, we have over at Joanne Graff for the regionals and the super regionals. And if they win it all, it's very simple to point back to the moment that it was destined was the perfect game when you only scored one run yeah, you had the to have whole it. day. Had so to have it. You spent the one run in a good place because you paired it with a perfect game. You know, in 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 so from here, that that's by the way, again, all jokes aside and chiding aside, the truth is this softball team and program has been so consistently good and elite that, I, I, you know, you just assume these kinds of successes out there. You assume they're going to get back out there. That's why last year was such a shock. They're too good not to just consistently go out there and be a player out there. And so I think, you know, that's obviously they kind of did. That's where our expectations are. It's not unfair to have the bar raised that high. That's what they've proven to us. That's what they deserve. There's a good article on our website, warchant.com, in which Ira outlines what Cat has done over, I think, her previous 10 starts, but the astronomical numbers and the shift that has gone from, you know, a very, very good player at this level to one of the elite arms. And that's really cool right now because Florida State has needed that. Offense didn't need it last night, though. Again, that might have been a watershed moment to get through the regional because they hit the ball fine against Georgia. And they really hit the ball last night against Oklahoma State. A whole lot of get you some, plus a face tag. I like that. I wouldn't have apologized later on. Get you some more of that. Slide in here. Got to make the play. Get your face tag on. Stay I'd at, be face tagging everybody. Why don't you stay at first next mm-hmm. time? Get you some. That was great. Uh, Optimus Climb writes, can we talk FSU's place overall in college football? Would FSU not be a top five brand in the SEC and top three in the Big Ten? Yeah, the three brands would be us, Michigan, and Ohio State. Those would be the three biggest brands in the Big Ten. That's not that, that's not really debate. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Maybe Penn State 20 years ago before we found out about Sandusky, but not anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they've waned from being uh, an upper crust program. Oh, but, but their brand, brand, power? Yeah, their brand has suffered greatly, yeah. Well, they also haven't been elite in a long time. Uh, we have a national championship as recently as 2013. Oh, that's fair. In 29 straight wins during that stretch into 14. So there yeah. are times you don't want to touch a brand. Penn State was kind of untouchable it was tough, for a while tough there. to yeah, tough to exalt Penn State during the uh, revelation of ignored. Don't child really rape. hear uh, yeah Joe Paterno's name come up anymore mm. when they talk about the greats. Mm. That affects the brand. It's a toughie, toughie. Uh, going back to that though, if, if you were going to rank the brands, I would just tell you uh, as far as the TV numbers go, Florida State is number one on that. In terms of the teams we just mentioned, I mean, all-time great teams, all-time upper echelon college football. Yeah, Ohio State, and Michigan have more cachet than Florida State. Uh, Florida State, though, because of their emergence when they emerged, it yeah. was as college football became a giant. It was not prior to like 1990. College football was not this behemoth. It wasn't even close to being what it is now. I will take your word for that. Well, that's just true. It wasn't. It was It was kind of a niche thing uh, in the South. Uh, yes, out in California. Yes, a couple Big Ten schools like Michigan and Ohio State. Yes. Obviously, you had Notre Dame, your parents, your grandparents, everybody, you know. And then 
if you were thinking about the old Big Eight or the old Southwest Conference and then later on the Big 12, then you, yeah, Oklahoma, obviously, and Nebraska and Texas, big, big teams. But it was not college football now, when you look at these numbers, it's the second most popular sport in America. I mean, it's, it's football, it's the NFL is number one, and then it's college football. It's crazy. I mean, that's where it's come. It was fourth or fifth on the list for a very long time. Uh, there was a time in this country uh, for half of my life, I'd say, maybe, yeah, probably about half my life, where baseball was secured as the number two after NFL overtook it. Baseball was number one in my childhood. It moved to number two as the NFL emerged as a, as a Goliath. Yeah, baseball was still number two when I was a kid. Yeah, in the 90s. baseball was long. Yeah. And then you had stretches where uh, the NBA has been very popular, then it wanes and it comes back with popularity. The, the 80s uh, really did wonders for the NBA. Prior to that, it was uh, smoke-filled arenas, drugs, uh, tape delay. You didn't yeah. really see much of the NBA. But I love this game campaign. It was brilliant. And the stars came out. And then Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson basically yeah. saved basketball and became uh, a, a giant uh, around the globe. Yeah, the passing of the torch, I think, was the baseball strike in the mid-90s. And mm-hmm, you know, ninety four. Obviously, the home run chase helped save it, brought it back. But but at that point, Jordan's Bulls had existed, and they had won at least two in a row, if not they had overtaken the first three. Yeah. The NBA had passed it. The NBA on NBC theme is quintessentially in, in my head. Yeah, as a kid, yeah. and it, all those teams. The NBA had a golden era there too, even though because it, it was, was teams. It was right. te- It was largely teams. And, and Michael ushered in an era where it became about the star, the individual. Well. But still, all of these teams had personalities, even though it was the Bulls for three, then it was the Rockets for two, and then the Bulls for three more. Right. You look at in the West and in the East. Oh, yeah. You had, Portland, Seattle, uh, Houston, it obviously, was the Lakers. For NBA Jam, where you had two or three players on each team. Yeah, but yes, absolutely. you had Kemp and Peyton, and you had oh, Reggie Miller and Smiths, and you had Alonzo Mourning. Mm-hmm. Well, he played a couple places. But you had uh, Ewing and Starks. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. all of these teams. It was two or three guys who were studs. My favorite of that era. I loved Allen Houston. He was a great player. Allen Houston, Allen Houston was, a, was good. He was a really good player. He had a big three for you, too. Um, you the rattle home against the Heat in yeah, game it was, five. It was huge. Five. huge. Yeah. Uh, but, but in terms of college football, back to my original point to answer this, Florida State benefited greatly uh, from timing. Obviously, you give all the credit in the world to what Coach Bowden did and how he built this thing. But becoming – an elite college football program when Florida State became an elite college football program has resonated to this day around the country because it was simultaneous to the rise of college football. So we dominated the sport at a time when the sport was rapidly ascending uh, as a favorite in this country. Hour number two, forthcoming.